<laughs> Good morning, everyone. How's everybody this fine day? All right, let's do something just a little bit different. If you are a mother in the house today, we'll have you stand up. Yes, yeah, give him a round of applause, yeah. No. <laughs> well, um, none of us will be here without you. We thank you for that. We, uh, <laughs> and it's a good time to celebrate our mothers. Uh, I will tell you that my sermon today has zero to do with mothers, other than you all need to do what I say in the sermon. But I don't really, I'm not one of those guys that preaches, you know, all these different holidays. Because if you just preach holidays, that's all you're doing is preaching holidays all the time. You don't really get into the Word. So anyway, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Everybody else, let's all stand together. <laughs> and let's uh, somebody give the Lord praise or thanks for something he is or does. All right, nobody's got anything? <laughs> That's it, yeah, good. That's it. Yeah. So what Dante says, he prays for his papa to feel better. So obviously that's my dad. And uh, my dad and mom aren't here today because my dad's still not feeling better. Uh, it's not feeling well. He's had some issues with uh, urinary tract infection, things of that nature. And he's still not doing well. So just continue to pray for him. And um, we'll believe the Lord will make him better. Uh, personally, I'm thankful that another season of volleyball is over. At least uh, club season is over. Yeah, basketball starting. Out. <laughs> yeah. So I like um, I like going to watch Danielle play. It's just, it just gets exhausting after a while. It's just so such a long thing. But they did well. She got what'd you get? Third place in copper. Third place in copper on a national team. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I think they go down to like. Uh, Zir zirconium or something like that, like way down to these. Anyway, I'm not going to get at So, uh, if anybody else wants to say anything, if not, go ahead. That's right. All right. That's right. He is holy. I'm thankful for um, the obedience of the uh, of the first mother, Mary. Yeah, so no doubt. I, I'm very thankful for being obedient and having the guidance of the Bible to know how to live. So. Mm. Amen. <laughs> All right. So if nobody else. Uh, we're going to read from Psalm 43 today, Psalm 43. So we read Psalm 42 last week, and I told you that uh, whoever put the, the uh, chapters in the Bible, that's not an inspired thing. It's a guy that did it in like the 1800s, I think it was. But anyway, he broke this psalm up for some reason. I'm not sure why, because Psalm 42 and 43 actually go together. So we're going to read the second part of Psalm 42 today. And uh, here, uh, I believe it's David that wrote the psalm. David said, Vindicate me, O God. And defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. 
For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the liar, O God, my God. And for those who are listening on the internet or whatever, the word liar there isn't liar like lying. It's a, an, a musical instrument. So why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, I think it's the, the sons of Korah actually wrote that psalm, not David, so I had to correct that real quick. But the psalm just tells us that there's times in our lives where we feel like we're downcast, we feel like things are against us. But if we'll just get our eyes off of everything going on around us and back onto God, then we'll have the peace that this psalm offers, the peace that God offers us. And so that's a good reminder for this morning. If you're going through some things in your life, don't keep your eyes on those things. Get your eyes on the Lord, trust in him, obey his will, and you'll have uh, the kind of peace that, that God promises all of us. All right, so we're going to sing some songs, songs together. Before we do that, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
For communion, you should have reached, received a packet when you came in. Uh, it has a cracker and uh, some juice in it. This is for God's children who are born again in a part of his children or his people. I will read some passages from scripture and pray, and then you will be given time to meditate and take communion. 1 Corinthians 11, starting in 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Also, it goes on to say, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let every man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks of judgment on himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I just pray that you bless this time together with your people um, as we do this in remembrance of you, that you paid a great price that we could come together and become a part of your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Now is the time in the service for announcements. Um, Chris asked me if I had any impromptu things. I said no, but actually I do. <laughs> I always do. Um, I do have um, Heartland calendar events. It's actually for the entire year. Uh, we always add things, but I wanted um, people to kind of know what we do throughout the year. These are things that are always done the last probably four years we've been doing them. So I'm going to hang this up in the back uh, window so you guys can kind of plan for things throughout the year. Um, 
and now I'll get to the slides. We're always collecting empty pill bottles, um, the lids, the bottles, prescription over the counter. Uh, we give them over to Matthew 25 and um, they use them for various things. We also collect used ink cartridges and they help reduce um, office supply costs here for the church. Food pantry closed closets every Thursday, five to seven. Uh, any donations from yourself or if someone's asking, they can be dropped off any, any uh, Thursday, five to seven or Sunday after service. Um, there's a list there of most frequently needed items. If you would like to come and see what we do, to come and serve, um, just come and observe, come and just be a prayer warrior for people, um, we'd love to have you. Refit's free, free dance fitness class, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays here in the sanctuary, 630 to 7.30. If you have any questions, you can ask Kristen. She's in the back today. Empty Nesters, um, still working on their, it's actually a yearly Women of the Bible study. It's every Thursday at 10 a.m. at Ruth Liming's house. Sharon leads that, so if you have any questions, you can contact her. Food and Fellowship is Wednesday, May 17th, 6 to 8 p.m. Here in the sanctuary, there's a sign-up at the welcome table. We're, this time, this month, we're going to be working on favorite foods. Whatever your favorite food is, you know you're going to eat it, so bring it. Share it with everybody else. I'll bring mine, you bring yours. Again, more food. Breakfast, <laughs> Breakfast Fellowship is the first Sunday of the month at 9.30. Breakfast is better when we eat together. Just more time to dig into the word and get to know each other. Uh, Mellon Ridge Ministry, May 28th at 2 p.m. This ministry is every other month. And this is where we bring worship to the residents of Mellon Ridge facility. Lunch is provided and there is a sign up at the welcome table. Weekly budget needs are listed here and ministries you support through your giving at Heartland. Here is a list of ways to give. You can give in person, in the back, the offering boxes in the back, online and through text. We are going to be showing The Chosen season one. So it's a free community event. It's gonna be indoors for anyone that has any respiratory problems or allergies and just wanna relax in the air. We're going to be bringing down the big screen, free popcorn and drinks, um, starting next Sunday, the 21st, uh, 6.30. So plan to be here about an hour and a half. Is that an hour and a half? Okay. Sorry. It should be about an hour and 15 minutes is what we're working on. Um, but it's going to run through the second week of July. Yeah. Sorry about that. We'll get that corrected. But... Um, if you haven't seen it, or even if you have, um, it's a good way just to invite someone to church, get to be um, introduced to some of the Gospels of Jesus, and um, yeah, let him know we love him. And uh, we're going to do a little trailer. My son, they've run out of wine. Mother. My time has not yet come. If not now, when? <laughs> I'm ready, Father. It has begun. What has? Miracles. 
signs and wonders. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You have experienced a miracle, Mary. I saw him. It was incredible. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The man has a following. He's a rogue who answers to no one. You asked me before if I knew his name. Now everyone knows his name. And I fear for his safety. Throw this down for a catch. Do you think that impossible things can happen? That overturn the laws of nature? <laughs> that cannot be explained. Rise. son of Alpheus. Yes. This is different. Get used to different. My whole life I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, Nicodemus, and you'll see more. God loves the world in this way, but he gave his only son. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> I was counting on it. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? Let's go. I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him.
temptation comes, when the enemy attacks, when the accusations gather like a storm. I remember what you've done, you remind me who I am, and I claim the victory of blood as one. Let's let everybody uh, settle in for a minute. So uh, Kathy Curlis was just telling me that um, her, it's your nephew, correct? Your nephew Shane um, and his wife Sarah, they uh, just lost a baby, correct? Just lost a baby, so she's asking for prayer for that. I just want to tell you all that. And if anybody feels led to just pray out right now, I want you to go ahead and do that. Just pray for, pray for Shane and Sarah, correct? So just keep them in your prayers. And then uh, turning from that, um, this is my daughter, Destiny. She has um, come here today to join the church. She got baptized a long time ago. I did it myself. Um, took it a while to take, take form and shape. No, I'm just playing with you. No, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, well, no, it's, it's great to see Destiny here. She's, uh, we've gone through some things, and like a lot of people do, um, she's come back to the Lord. She's come back to, uh, to what we see as her home. This is her home here. And I just want to make sure you all make her feel that way, that this is her home, that you, that you love Destiny. And, yeah. So she's going to join the church today. Was you going to say something? No, I'm huh? just glad she's here. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. All right. I hope she plays the guitar. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
<laughs> so I'm just going to have Destiny repeat after me. Um, I say, I believe, I believe Jesus is the Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, my Lord and my Savior. All right. Amen. So, um, and like I said, she's already, she's already been baptized into the Lord. She's now a member of the church. Um, and if anybody else is here that doesn't know how to become a member, would like to know, um, know more information about that, you can talk to me or Dan or Dan after this. I forgot to tell Dan to come up here. He's sitting right there. Another one of our elders sitting right here. So, Dan, you can talk to him as well about becoming a member. So, anyway, congratulate Destiny for joining the church. All righty. All right, so today we're going to uh, go back to our series in, um, not a series in Luke, but a series about the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So let's turn together in our Bibles to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 15 and 16, Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. When you find that in your Bible, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And if anybody wonders why we stand when we read the word, uh, there's a place in the Old Testament where, where, that's, where God's people did that. We do it out of respect for the Lord. Uh, we want to, when we're in a position where we're standing, we're more likely to hear things that are being said. When we're sitting around, we're kind of, you know, too relaxed. So we want to stand up and reverence the Lord, reverence his word as we read the uh, word together. So the title of today's teaching is Holy Spirit Baptism. And this is uh, part two of a series that we started last week. And in Luke 3, 15 through 16, the scriptures say, the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them, answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And you may be seated. Now, if you didn't hear the first part of this message, you're going to need to go back and listen to that because I covered a lot of things there that I'm not really going to cover today. But I will just, uh, just recap. In part one of this series, we learned three truths about Holy Spirit baptism. Based on what Luke teaches us in, in, his gospel, in the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, we learned that the promise of Holy Spirit baptism is for all God's people. We learned that the meaning of Holy Spirit baptism is to receive the gift the Father promised, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit poured out on you, and to have the Holy Spirit come on you. Now, for Luke, those are all different ways of saying the same thing. And last week, we also saw that the purpose of Holy Spirit baptism is to receive supernatural spiritual gifts that equip us for Christ-honoring service. But today we turn our attention to the practical side of Holy Spirit baptism. Today we're going to answer two questions. When does Holy Spirit baptism happen? And how does Holy Spirit baptism happen? That's what we'll talk about today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth you teach us through your word. We pray that you open our eyes, open our hearts and minds. Give us the ability to see the truth and give us the grace to put the truth into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first question we want to answer about Holy Spirit baptism is, when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? When Acts 2.38, Peter appears to link spirit baptism with, 
repentance and water baptism. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here Peter seems to be saying, if you repent and you're baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in baptism. Now, a lot of people combine this verse with the one in Ephesians 4, where Paul says there is one baptism, and then conclude that Holy Spirit baptism happens in water baptism. You know, a lot of people teach that. I was taught that, and I have taught that myself. And if that were the only verse in Acts that talked about spirit baptism, then we could say the gift of the Holy Spirit, and therefore Holy Spirit baptism happens in water baptism. But there are other verses in Acts that show us this cannot be what Peter meant. For example, in Acts chapter 8, Luke tells us, Philip the evangelist went into a city, a Samaritan city, and he preached the gospel there. Many believed in Jesus and were baptized in water. And when the church in Jerusalem heard about this, they sent Peter and John down to Samaria. And in Acts 18, sorry, Acts 8, 15 through 19, Luke tells us what happened next. He says, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that you, he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Now remember when Luke talks about receiving the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming on people, he's talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So these believers in Samaria, they had been baptized in water, but they had not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if Holy Spirit baptism happens when a person is baptized in water, then why did these believers not receive the Holy Spirit when they were baptized in water? Well, the answer is being baptized with the Holy Spirit does not happen in water baptism. So the new believers in Samaria were born again and baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ's body through water baptism. But they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit until Peter and John prayed for them and placed their hands on them. Now we see this uh, same thing again in Acts chapter 19. There Luke says that uh, Paul found some disciples in Ephesus and in Acts 19, 2 through 6, Paul asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they answered, we have not even heard that the Holy Spirit was given. Paul asked, what were you baptized into then? They replied, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. So these disciples had received John's baptism, but they had not received Christian baptism. So Paul administers Christian baptism 
And as in the case of the Samaritans, it was not until the apostle Paul prayed and placed his hands on them, just as the apostles Peter and John did with the Samaritans, it was not until then that these disciples received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. From these two passages, we can confidently conclude Holy Spirit baptism does not happen in water baptism. Luke also gives us two other examples of people being baptized with the Holy Spirit outside of water baptism. The first is the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jewish believers for the first time. The second is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Gentile believers for the first time. As Luke tells us in Acts uh, 10, 44 through 47, while Peter was still speaking these words, this is at the house of Cornelius, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Now, those last two sentences make it crystal clear that being baptized with water and being baptized with the Holy Spirit do not happen at the same time. See, Cornelius and his household received Holy Spirit baptism before they, were, they received water baptism. So we know for certain Holy Spirit baptism does not happen in water baptism. So when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, in the four other places in Luke and Acts where Luke tells us when someone was baptized with the Holy Spirit, three of those happened after water baptism. The fourth is the case of Cornelius and his household, we were just reading. And there's a good reason these Gentiles received Holy Spirit baptism before water baptism. It's because nobody thought that God would accept Gentiles without circumcision. We're not going to baptize these Gentiles into the church because they're not circumcised. Just not, they're just not going to do it. So the Lord orchestrated this whole event with angels and visions. He sent Peter to these Gentiles to preach the gospel. They accepted the message, and the Lord baptized them with the Holy Spirit to show that he had accepted them without circumcision. As Peter says in Acts 15, 7 through 8, he says, Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving them, by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. So Cornelius and his household received Holy Spirit baptism before they were baptized because God had to show the leaders in the church he accepted the Gentiles without circumcision, without them coming under the law of Moses, and he did this by giving them the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in water. And in response to God giving this, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles, uh, Peter and his companions, that, sorry, Peter says to his companions, he says this, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So Cornelius and his household were an exception to what I believe is the rule for when Holy Spirit baptism happens. So three other times Luke mentions those who were baptized with the Holy Spirit for the first time is in the case of Jesus, the case of the Samaritans, and the case of the, the Ephesians. 
And in each one of those cases, Holy Spirit baptism always happened after they were baptized in water. So when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, Holy Spirit baptism happens the first time after water baptism. So we should expect Holy Spirit baptism to happen for the first time after someone is baptized in water, baptized into the church. Now, notice I said for the first time. Now, I say this because as we read the book of Acts, we see there's more to being baptized with the Holy Spirit than this first filling. The people were filled with the Holy Spirit over and over. And remember, Luke uses filled with and baptized with interchangeably. People were filled with the Holy Spirit and are baptized with the Holy Spirit. It all means the same thing for Luke. So scripturally speaking, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism happens more than once. And I know a lot of people say there's one baptism and many fillings. But like I just said, it's not, those are the same exact thing for, for uh, Luke. There are many baptisms. There are many fillings. They're, they're both the same thing. And let me give you two examples of that. First, in Acts 4-7, Luke says, The religious rulers in Jerusalem had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, and then he goes on and on. See, Peter was initially filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Peter was filled a second time in front of the religious rulers. And in both of those cases, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter boldly proclaimed the truth that Jesus is the Messiah and the only way to salvation. So when the Holy Spirit filled Peter, he was given supernatural power to speak boldly as a witness for Jesus, just like Jesus had promised them back in the early part of Acts and the end of Luke, that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them and they would be witnesses to him all over the world. Now, we find another example of people being baptized with the Holy Spirit more than once as we continue on in Acts chapter 4. So those same religious rulers told Peter and John to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And when Peter and John reported this to the other disciples, Luke tells us in Acts 29 through 30, they cried out to God and they prayed, and now, Lord, consider their threats and grant your bondservants to speak your word with complete boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and May signs and wonders be accomplished through the name of your holy child, Jesus. And in Acts 4.31, Luke tells us the result of this prayer. When they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. And they, were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaimed the word of God with boldness. So in a similar way to what happened on the day of Pentecost, God's people prayed and the place where they were gathered was shaken and God answered his people's prayer to be empowered to speak God's word boldly by filling them with the Holy Spirit. So these believers were baptized with the Holy Spirit more than once. So when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, the first filling happens after baptism in water. But after that, it needs to happen over and over again. We need fresh and continuous fillings of the Holy Spirit to equip us for Christ-honoring service. Well, let's look now at our second question about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. How does Holy Spirit baptism happen? So in the New Testament, we find that Holy Spirit baptism happens through prayer and the apostles placing hands on people. 
And there should probably be the word there, placing their hands on people. Holy Spirit baptism happens through prayer and the apostles placing their hands on people. Now, I don't believe it's a coincidence that the first person to be baptized with the Holy Spirit was praying when it happened. As we read in Luke 3, 21 through 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. I notice the Lord Jesus was baptized in water by John the baptizer. Then as the Lord Jesus was praying, the Holy Spirit descended on him. The Holy Spirit came upon him. So early on, Luke establishes the pattern of being baptized with the Holy Spirit after water baptism. He gives us the ultimate example when he gives us Jesus as the example. Now, Luke does not specifically say Jesus was praying to receive the Holy Spirit, but it's a pretty safe conclusion. And the reason I say that is because the Holy Spirit came on Jesus while he was praying and also because of what Jesus says later on in Luke 11, 11 through 13. Jesus asked, which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus says the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And that's very likely what Jesus was doing when he received the Holy Spirit that day that John baptized him. Now, we see Peter and John practicing what Jesus taught them about praying for the Holy Spirit when they went to Samaria. In Acts 8, 14 to 15, Luke tells us, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. But there's more to this than prayer. Continuing on in Acts 17, Luke tells us, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Good tune, good tune. So the believers of Samaria received the Holy Spirit after the apostles prayed and laid their hands on them. Now Luke says the same thing about Paul and the disciples in Ephesus in Acts 19.6. He says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. So Luke doesn't mention prayer here, but we can reach that conclusion based on things that Luke has already said in uh, the book of Acts. Paul did the same thing for a young disciple named Timothy, as Paul reminds Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. Paul says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And then he tells us what this gift is. For the spirit God gives us, gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So from these passages, we see that Peter, John, and Paul all had the same ability. They could communicate the gift of the Holy Spirit or spirit baptism through prayer and the laying on of hands. Now, it's very important to know that this ministry was not given to all God's people. And this is where, for me, is where I see people going off the rails when it comes to Holy Spirit baptism. People think everybody can do this, and then people are doing all these crazy things and putting, attaching God's name to that, but this is not something we should do. It's very important to know this ministry was not given to all God's people. All God's people do not have the ability to communicate Holy Spirit baptism through prayer and placing their hands on people. 
if all of God's people did have this ability, then there would have been no need for the apostles to go to Samaria to pray and place their hands on the new believers there. Because if all believers could impart the Holy Spirit through prayer and the laying on of hands, well, then the same people who baptized the new believers in Samaria in water, well, they could have just prayed for them to, and laid their hands on them and baptized them with the Holy Spirit as well. But that's not what happened. Instead, Peter and John had to go down to Samaria. Why did they need to go? Because after the day of Pentecost, after Jesus receives the gift of the Holy Spirit from the Father and pours out the gift of the Holy Spirit on the church, well, Jesus also passes on the authority to communicate that baptism to the apostles. So when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, after the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit baptism happens through prayer and the apostles placing their hands on people. Now, this is one of the elementary teachings of the Christian life, and Paul talks about this in Hebrews 6, 1 to 2. He says, therefore, leaving the beginning discussion of Christ, let us press on toward matters that require greater maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith in God, of the teaching about baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. It's through the prayers and hands of the apostles that God has chosen to communicate Holy Spirit baptism to his people in the church. Now, there's a lot that I said right there that I haven't really proved to you, right? I haven't proved it to you from the scriptures. And I'm not going to prove it to you today. I'm going to come back. You're going to come back next week and I'm going to prove it to you then. Because as we close, today we answer two questions about Holy Spirit baptism. First, we asked, when does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, Holy Spirit baptism happens after water baptism. The other case where it, it didn't happen after water baptism, again, we showed that that was a unique situation where God had to baptize Gentiles with the Spirit before they were baptized in water so he could prove to the church that he accepted Gentiles without circumcision, without the law of Moses. Second, the qu second question we asked is, how does Holy Spirit baptism happen? Well, Holy Spirit baptism, Holy Spirit baptism happens through prayer and the apostles placing their hands on people. And that brings up probably the most important question we're going to ask today. If Holy Spirit baptism happens through prayer and the apostles placing their hands on people, well, what does that mean for us? The apostles are no longer with us, right? Y'all don't see Paul and Peter and them walking around anywhere, do you? You see them anywhere? The apostles are no longer with us. So how can we apply this teaching in the church today? Well, I'll tell you. But you'll need to come back next week to hear the answer to that question. <laughs> All right? Or I should say, after this commercial break or whatever. <laughs> See, if the Lord is willing, we're going to talk more about how all this applies to us next week. And I'm, I'm taking my time with this. Because, you know, when I started, I was going to go one message, and then it just started building, and there's, what about this question? What about that question? So I want to take my time and just, just go over this thoroughly, because in the church, there's a lot of different teachings about what the baptism is, how it happens, and what happens when, when we do receive the Holy Spirit baptism. So I want to make sure we take our time, and I, everybody who's, who's a uh, member in this church, people who know me, you know that I want to prove what I'm saying from the scriptures. So we got to take our time to do that. So come back next week, and we'll talk about how all this applies to us, all right? Let's all stand for prayer.
Lord, we thank you so much again for your word. Uh, thank you for the amazing truths you teach us through your word. We ask you, Lord, to help us again to understand those truths, but above all, to put those truths into practice as we uh, live lives that honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen. So we're going to sing a final song. Uh, we want to open it up here. If you want to come up here and pray, you're welcome to come up. People will be up here to pray, uh, pray with you. Uh, if you're sick in your body, uh, sick with sin, we, we ask you to come forward and we'll, we'll pray for you there as well. There's a, a place in uh, James where he says, if we're sick, we should call the elders of the church to pray over us and, anoint, and be anointed, in, uh, anointed with oil in the name of the Lord and prayer offered in faith make sick people well. That's what he says. But then he also says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So if there's sin in your life that needs to be healed, if there's a physical sickness in your body that needs to be healed, during this time while they sing this song, we invite you to come forward. Uh, we'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray for you. And we'll believe that you'll be healed through the power of God. So uh, they're going to sing a final song. Before they do it, I'll speak the Lord's blessing over you all. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
wonderful week. Have a great day, moms.